0: Shalom, mishpocha, Shalom, family. Mishpocha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the mishpocha, the family with a Jewish heart, made up of Jewish and non Jewish people. We're the middle wall of separation between Jew and Gentile. It's finally come down to form one new man. Getting ready, mishpocha, to blow the grandest shofar or the grandest trumpet in Zion. We want everyone, everywhere, to hear the good news. We want everyone, everywhere to be red hot for the Messiah. Now, I have a friend in the studio that I've known many years, Pastor David Jones, and one day he called me, and he said he had an open vision, and it was almost as if he was at one of the most important events about ready to happen to planet Earth. But before I have him share that with you, I'd like you to get to know him a little bit. Uh, David, uh, I i have to tell you, I am overwhelmed in what God has done in your life because of such a dysfunctional background that you were— I mean, you should have been dead or in prison or insane. I mean, am, I, am I exaggerating? No, not at,
1: not at all. I, but sometime my, my mother would see me. she said, I, I just hope I don't get the phone call that— uh they will fu- they would find you dead in a ditch. Tell me a bit about your background. Uh, my dad was an alcoholic. Uh he gave me the uh the alcohol bottle at eleven and hmm. wanted me to be a tough guy. And so I began to drink at eleven, became an alcoholic, um, got DUIs, crashed many cars, uh went to jail for DUIs. Uh, I wanted to stop, but I couldn't stop. When I didn't get a drink, my hand would tremble and shake. And I remember saying this, will I ever be delivered? Will I ever be set free from this thing? And even when I would try, say, I'm not drinking today. I'm not drinking. My friends would come over with a big keg of beer saying, hey, man, it's on. I was like, wow, now it's coming to me. So uh, a lot of times when you're in sin, it have its clutches in you. But not only does it have its clutches in you, it have its clutches in all
0: those who you associate with. Now, you eventually went into the Marines. Yes, sir. Why why would you have done that? Crazy. I'm sure. (laughs) Crazy. I thought I was a tough guy. I mean, I'm not crazy, and I wouldn't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah,
1: I I, I thought I was a tough guy, and we went on a buddy pant playing with four other guys, and we thought we were really tough and went in there and found out. Speaking
0: of being tough, uh, you were a fighter.
1: Yes, sir. Tell me about that. Well, my dad was a fighter. I mean, he was a boxer in the ring, but also a fighter in the streets, and so he always wanted to be a, be a tough guy. And so uh, uh, I would fight with a vengeance because when he would abuse me and hit me and knock me down, tell me, get up, you know, I wouldn't hit him. I wouldn't fight him. But with other men, I would go crazy on
0: him. And I, I just wouldn't take anything for anyone. Well, how does someone as uh, as dysfunctional as you were react to such discipline as the Marines? <laughs> Oh, uh,
1: yeah, it, it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy. Uh, I just made up in my mind uh, when I was in there. I said, well, I'm in here. No one didn't put a gun to my head. I'm just going to be the best Marine I can. And uh, I just uh, just grudged it out and grudged it out in, in whatever way I could. Okay. How did you become a believer? Got out of Marines, uh, was working at Ford Motor Company, got invited to church by a co-worker. Uh, I finally went, um, sat in the back. The preacher made the altar call. Uh, the first night I didn't go. I was didn't know if I could live saved. I didn't know if I could do it. And so, but the second night I came back, and, uh, uh, well, matter of fact, when I was at Ford Motor Company, the boss brought me that big old check, and, and I said to myself, me and my brother are going to party tonight, and I said, wait a minute, I told that preacher I was coming to his church, and one thing, I always try to keep keep my word when I, my mother would ask me to go to church. You know, I say, I'm not going, I'm not going. But if I said I would go, I would go. Here I am not only breaking my word, but breaking my word to a man of God. And so when I made up my mind not to go, I fell on the, the conveyor belt, and the parts started hit me in the head, and God allowed me to hear my heart beat, pop 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 boop, bump, 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 and I began to pray. Oh, no, please, Lord, no, boop, boop. Bo boom, boom, give me another chance. I go to this man of God church. Please have mercy on my soul. Boom, boom. And then all of a sudden, my heart came back beating regular. And I looked up, and people were saying, Are you all right? And I say, Please don't do me like this. I go to this man of God church. Well, I went. And the evangelist made the altar call. This time, I jump up and I go. But as I go, my knees start knocking and getting weak. And I, my hands were sweating. And then all of a sudden, I heard the devil himself say, Run out of this church. Get out of this church. What are you doing? You can't do it. You can't live saved. Get out of here. But I kept going and I kept going. When I got to the altar, the evangelist was there with his hands outstretched and say, Son, do you want to be saved? I said, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And when I said, Yes, sir, I want to be saved, like big yokes lifted off of me. And when I went to grab his hand, the power of God hit me, and I flew straight back backwards but it wasn't no ushers there that let me down easy but when I hit the floor it was like hitting a bed of cotton and the sister was looking at me back then I thought I was a pretty cool cat and so I said what am I doing on this floor let me get up before I can do that though said, the supernatural began and it began in my belly then it got in my chest and then it got in my throat and then it got in my mouth and my tongue began to cleave to the roof of my mouth and I began to hear myself speaking in a heavenly language as a spirit of gift God gave utterance, and all of a sudden I begin to experience such peace, such joy I've never experienced. And I next thing I know, I'm all on the side of the wall just speaking, and the ushers tried to get me, and the pastor said, let him alone. God has him now. And I was just speaking, and I've never been the same since.
0: Uh, what happened to the drugs and alcohol? Instantly delivered.
1: Instantly. Instantly. Took the taste of alcohol. I smoked cigarettes since I was 11. Took the taste of cigarettes from me, the desire Uh, Hennessy, drinking Hennessy whiskey, took it right from me. Crack cocaine, mescaline, THC. I did it all and instantly delivered. And you know why? Because there's a God in heaven that super rules and knows all things. And he heard my cry for deliverance.
0: Now I'm going to take you to February 2012. It's the morning. You've just woke up. You get up to go to the restroom. And then, but you're going back to your bed, and what happened? It's like all of a sudden someone
1: just took me by the arm, and here I am catapulted uh, in this open vision. And in the vision, I find myself just hovering over the planet Earth, about 200 feet up in the air. And I can see all the inhabitants of the land, people going to the grocery stores, to the malls, and... People pumping gas and children with their parents and businessmen with their briefcases going to and fro. And all of a sudden, the clouds, it was such a beautiful day, but all of a sudden, the clouds began to become thick and black and dark. Everything changed in a moment of time. Then all of a sudden, there was a a, 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 a sound from heaven, a sound like I've never heard before in my life. And the sound was so powerful and magnificent and deafening. Yes, the sound deafening comes to me that not only was it deafening to the ears of all mankind, but it pierced their very skeleton. What do I mean by that? That when the sound pierced their ears and their skeleton, their bodies began to shake, but they were froze. They couldn't move forward or backwards, but their bodies were shaken and trembling under this sound from heaven. And the sound was like seven claps of thunder all rolled into one, and the people began to scream and wail and holler and run, but there was no place for them to run. They were falling on each other, running on top of each other, running here and there, screaming, and the look on their face was total terror. And all of a sudden, God was allowing me to sense and feel what people were feeling. Number one, total terror. Number two, Horror horror, something like out of a Steven Spielberg movie, something totally uh, foreign, not foreign to them. I mean, God invaded their life. He broke through through all the clouds and came through the atmosphere. And that's when I seen, a uh, like, someone took a razor blade and just split the heavens in half from top to bottom, and here come the majesty and the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ with all his bands of angels and sin. One thing I noticed immediately was the colors of heaven uh, they're not like colors here on earth. They're magnificent. They're sp- brilliant. They're such splendors of colors, and the blues are just glorious. The oranges and the golds and the yellow is glorious colors. Then here come the Son of Man, and said he was coming speedily with all his bands of angels speedily to the earth, and it took the it took all humanity off guard, and people were just screaming and holling. And, and then I heard one guy, he was standing looking at everything was happening, and he began to say, oh, no, no, wait, wait, no. I thought I had time. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. I thought I had time. I thought I had time. But all time had ran out. And then a, a guy like, he looked something like an Indian guy, real short, and he began to say, this is a dream, this is a dream. I'm going to wake up, I'm going to wake up. But see, it, he couldn't wake up because he was already woke. God, the mighty God, all this talk about Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. He has come. He has come just like he said he would. And then I hear a voice from heaven saying, this is the day of the Lord. It has come. And I came out of the vision trembling and shaking on the ground, and all of a sudden, God spoke to me and said, I charge you now to warn all mankind. And he said it like this, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. And I begin to repent, and I begin to search my own heart. I didn't pray for my wife. I didn't pray for my children. I didn't pray for my mother. I began to pray for myself. I, why? Because I sensed and feel what everyone was feeling. Listen to me, people. There is a terror of the Lord that mankind have not been introduced to, or should I say this generation have not been introduced to. Uh, The terror, the horror. And Yes, we know that God is love, and we know that God is mercy, and we know that God is compassion, and he's long-suffering. But he said, you tell them from me that I am a God of justice, and I am a God of judgment. God said it, and it shall come to pass.
0: David? Our time is up right now today, but I'd like you to pick up right here tomorrow what David is describing the Bible refers to as the great and awesome day of the Lord. The Bible says, he who wins souls is wise. The truth is, very few Christians do this. This is a New Year's resolution for you. I want you to take souls to heaven, and here's how you're going to do it. We have produced a package called Eyewitness, The Final Day on Earth. It's a CD by David Jones. An evangelist recently heard this message and, quote, this is what he said. It scared the hell out of me. I am selling out to the kingdom. And then, Five booklets of which I wrote a portion, and it's David Jones's vision in that, and I want you to give it to five people that need to know Jesus. And then my book that God himself told me to produce to reach Jewish people, they thought for themselves ten Jewish people that had encounters with Jesus. And then for the Muslim that God has had cross your path— A former Muslim friend of mine produced a similar book for Muslims called Ten Amazing Muslims Touched by God. Even if you drop this in the mail to an unsaved Muslim or an unsaved Jew anonymously, I'm telling you, this is God's moment to have his mercy on planet Earth because he's coming back soon, available for a gift of $35. Call our order-only line. 1-800-447-2697. 1-800-447-2697. David, you told me once, a long time ago, about a sacrifice that God called you to make. Uh, You were a very prosperous businessman at the time. Tell me about that.
1: Well, I started my own company, hardwood floors, carpet cleaning, uh, tile, marble. Uh, we did it all. had contracts with Marriott's all over the cities, apartment complexes. We did residential homes. And God waited right good till I built a business up. it <clears throat> so many thousands of dollars was coming in uh, every month that I used to skip to the mailbox. I was a happy soul. And then one day as I was washing dishes, Uh, The Lord spoke to me and say, launch out into the deep. Give the business away. I was like, oh, my God, give it to your lead man that's been faithful with you all these years. Give him everything. So I went to him and I gave him everything. He began to weep like a baby. And he said, for me, senor? For me, I say everything's yours. The tools, the machines, the contracts with Marriott, the apartment complexes,
0: everything is yours. All right, David, you're, you're saying it very forcefully right now. But at the time, what was going inside, inside of you, David, what was
1: going on? <laughs> when he first told me, I was totally shocked. And then the next thing came to me, God, when I finally agreed to say, okay, God, I'll give you— you got everything. My life is yours. I'll give you. I'll give it away. I said, but you're gonna have to talk to my wife because if my wife ain't happy, <laughs> ain't nobody gonna be happy. You know the saying: if Mama's not happy, nobody's happy. Not even the cat.
0: <laughs> and you didn't even have a cat. Didn't even but have no, a I'm cat. just teasing. Go ahead. Oh, you did. <laughs> and okay. so I went to my
1: wife and said, Honey, Honey, I got some great news. God told me to go full time into the ministry, leap a long on into deep. She said, Oh, great, that's for you. You're a preacher of the gospel. I said, Yeah, but he told me to give the business away. She said, What? I said, yeah, he told me to get the business away. She said, the business away. Uh, I said, yeah. She said, we, we're not going to keep like six or seven thousand coming there in a month or something. I said, no, he told me to go cold turkey. He wants me to totally depend on him. Sid, I watched God change the countenance of my wife's face and her mind right before my very eyes. She looked down and she, she said, honey, I believe you're a man of God. If God told you to give the business away, go full time in the ministry, I'm with you. I said, woo, thank you, Jesus. Goes, oh my God, if your <laughs> wife ain't with you, oh my Lord. Well, anyway, I gave the business away. Two weeks later, a man came up to me at church and said, preacher, God has instructed me to pay your rent, to pay your car notes. I said, what? You kidding? He said, no, I'm not kidding. The pay, uh, your light bill, your gas bill. Uh, uh, I said, we got HBO. He said, pay your HBO? <laughs> and I, uh, I mean, while well, he's paying, I mean, and so <laughs> until he tell me to stop. And then see, he gave me $200 to $300 to four, uh, $400 a week to put in my pocket every week. Uh, then he took me to the store and said— preacher, get whatever you want. I picked a couple of shirts and a pair of pants. He said, you're not going to hurt me anything. And he started, he was a dresser. He could really match clothes. It came to $5,000 the first time, $4,000 the second time, $3,000 the third time. And, and God began to use this man to just bless me and support my ministry only when I gave the business
0: away. Okay, now I'm going to take you to the morning of February 2012. You woke up you found yourself in an open vision you were like there at the day of the lord had anything like this ever happened to you before where, where you went into a vision like that yes
1: when i was 17 years of age my sister asked me to uh the babysit for her children that night while she went out and i i put the kids to bed and i was on it was in a two story building and I was had the radio trying to turn it on to get a station, and all of a sudden I heard a woman scream. And it wasn't like the sound was behind the house or in front of the house. It was just like in the air. And, and I was like, wow, so let me go to the window. Maybe some woman's hurt out there. And as I see it, as I start going towards the window, I knew, I said, uh-oh, I'm getting ready to see something. I'm getting ready to see something. But I was compelled to go anyway. When I went to the window and pulled back the curtain, and I looked down on the ground, and I didn't see no one. The, but when my eyes caught the stars in the heaven, it's like a motion picture movie just began. Then I seen the moon. And then the moon is like somebody took an ice pick and poked the moon. And literally, 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 blood began to drip and ooze out of the moon. Then the stars of the heaven, they all fell down all at once. And then the sky began to roll up as a scroll. And what was happening, it was happening simultaneously, the moon turning to blood, the stars falling from the heaven, the sky rolling up as a scroll. Then I seen a lady with long black hair looking at what's taking place on the earth, and she began to scream and wail. Well. And She took her fingernails and started digging in her face. Then I seen hundreds of people running. Then I seen thousands of people running, and they were running, and this what they were sensing, total hopelessness. And they knew within themselves this was God. This was the day of the Lord. It has come upon all mankind. And they were running and falling on top of each other in total terror. And they
0: were so afraid, but it was no hiding place. David, when you had that vision... Uh, did you realize that everything you just described to me that was in that vision is in the Bible? Did you know that that was the day of the Lord? No.
1: So number one said, I wasn't a believer. I was a sinner. And if I had died, I know I would have went to hell. No, I didn't. And after I came out of the vision, I began to, I said, Oh God, what am I going to do? Oh my God, what have I seen? And I said, what, like, what, what should I do? And I said, well, let me get the Bible. Let me get the Bible. And so I was walking through the house, and I was saying, God, please don't let me see nothing else. Please, Lord, because I thought something was going to come again. I said, please. And I got the Bible, and I said, oh, God, help me. And I just opened it up to Revelations, the sixth chapter, and I began at the 12th verse. May I read it to you? Please. Revelations, the sixth chapter. I'd like to give you scripture so you'll know. Revelations, the sixth chapter, beginning at the 12th verse.
0: Now, you're telling me you just opened the Bible almost at random and it came out there? Yes, because I thought I was losing my mind. I didn't know anything about an open
1: vision. God had to help me out. Hmm. Revelation six and twelve, and I beheld when I had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, and the stars fell from the earth, even as a thick tree casts her untimely frigs when she is shaken in a mighty wind, and the heavens departed as a scroll when is rolled together, and every mountain and every island were moved out of their place, and the kings of the earth and the great man and the rich man, and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and the rocks fall on us hide us from the face of him that sitteth upon the throne and from the wrath of the lamb for the great day of his wrath is come who shall be able to stand immediately i said oh my god this is what i seen this is what i seen so when my uncle was a, a pastor a preacher i called him and i said uncle eddie i said he said what's going on i said uh 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 I seen the moon turn to blood and the stars fall from heaven and the sky roll up. Am I going crazy? He said, "No, you're not going crazy. God just showed you an open vision. When you gonna answer the call of God? God is calling you." And I was like, "Oh, sir, I don't know if I can do it. I don't know if I'm ready for that stuff yet." He said, "When you gonna answer the call of God? You're not going crazy. God showed you an open vision of the end of the world." I was like, "Oh my God, oh my God!" And he said, "Let me pray for you." So he prayed for me, and I knew, said. When I got off the phone, I said this. I said, it's something I must do for God before I die. It's something. I didn't know exactly what it was, but I knew I had a call on my life. I knew I had a destiny. It's something I must do for God before I die.
0: Now, you're a believer. You you had this open vision in February of 2012 uh, right after the vision. What is the very first thing that you did?
1: (laughs) I prayed for myself. Um, And then uh, I I talked with a pastor. God put a pastor on my mind to call him and share the vision. And I was talking to him about the vision. And I said, hello? Hello, pastor? He said, I'm here, man of God. I hear the cry of God. Come give us a week revival. And I said, yes, sir. In Baton Rouge, Louisiana, I went to preach. Not only did I preach a week, I preached twenty-one days straight. Said the first night when I began to preach and begin to minister on the day of the Lord, people begin to wail and scream. Big football players start running from the back of the church. Teenagers start running. Men and women. Listen, the pastor and his wife, the pastor began to say, Oh, God, have mercy on our souls. Forgive us, Lord. And he fell on his face, him and his wife. And I ain't seen nothing like it. And the Lord spoke to me and said, you can stop preaching. My conviction have failed. And so what did I do? I fell on my face.
0: Mm. Now, you did that big revival. How did your wife take that vision? How did your children take that vision? Soul searching.
1: They begin to search their own hearts. The vision is for everyone. The vision is for every man, boy, woman, and girl. The vision is for every preacher, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, layperson. The vision is for everyone. It's a time of a shaking and awakening to know who Jesus is. Are you ready? Are you ready to meet the Lord when he comes back for his church?
0: There's a desperation in your
1: voice. Why such a desperation? Because I have seen the hand of the Lord. I have seen another side of God that a lot of mankind have not even experienced yet. And I know that he loves me. And I know he's a loving God. And he's a merciful God. And he's a compassionate God. But here it is again. He tells me, but you tell them from me, I am a God of justice And
0: I am a God of judgment. Describe one more time for me, David, uh, when the people, uh, the the terror on their faces, and uh, the and and they're so caught by surprise, not thinking this would come. It was like all this talk
1: about Jesus is coming. Jesus is coming. All this talk. It has finally happened, and it's happening right before our very eyes. They were in total disbelief. They were in total shock that all these years of going by saying Jesus is coming, it has come, and everything was so happening so fast, Sid, that they couldn't even think straight. They couldn't even think straight. Things was happening so fast that it was total perplexity, total horror, total
0: terror in everyone's heart. Now... The thing that got me is the people said, I thought I had more time. Describe their faces when they said that. It, it was just total interruption. Their life had been in,
1: in, in, interrupted, and now he's facing the mighty God. He's facing the Lord Jesus coming so speedily, and he thought he had more time. And that's what a lot of people are saying. Oh, i got time. I'm still young. But the Bible says, serve the Lord in the days of your youth because the evil days are drawing now. Remember your creator in the days of your
0: youth. It caught him totally off guard. Okay. You had this open vision you're now alert. You're now processing to the best of your ability what just occurred. Tell me, uh, you uh, you you had said the first thing that you did was pray for yourself. What do you mean by that? I could sense and feel what everyone was feeling,
1: even though I was hovering about 200 feet in the air. You, you actually could feel their feelings? I could feel their feelings, even though I was there, but I I wasn't a part of what was happening. He was just showing me everything. He's like, he catapulted me right there. But I sensed and felt everything, such horror. So all them motions were still on me, and I began to search my own heart. I said, I know I'm saved. I know I'm filled with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in a heavenly language as the Spirit of God give utterance." But! I had to search my own heart. I didn't look at my wife, my children. I started searching my heart, and I started saying, God, forgive me for all trespasses and sins. Forgive me for confessed sin and unconfessed sin. God, forgive me, God. I want to be counted, worthy to go back with you. Please, Lord, I begin to look at my own humanity.
0: Now, as you're repenting before God... God showed you, you were supposed to be praying for a particular group of people, for pastors. Why would he have you praying for pastors? Because the pastors are the voice of God. They are the
1: spokesmen of God. They are the ones that preach the gospel, or at least supposed to preach the gospel, and give people the whole truth. And the Bible says, you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free only the truth that you know. And God is holding all pastors and apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers responsible for giving people the truth. A lot of time, people are bound in their heart and in their
0: mind and in their soul. But when they hear the truth, freedom comes, deliverance comes. Now, after that vision, you began to research what the Bible has to say about the day of the Lord. Yes. What did you find? I found in the book of Joel, the second chapter,
1: God began to give me scripture, and it reads as thus, Joel 2 and 1, blow ye the trumpet in Zion, and that's what I'm doing right now on this radio show. Blow ye the trumpet of Zion. "'Sound the alarm in my holy mountain. "'Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. "'For the day of the Lord cometh, for it is nigh at hand, "'of day of darkness and of gloominess, "'of day of clouds and thick darkness, "'as the morning spreadeth upon a mountain, "'as a great people and a strong. "'There has not been ever like, "'neither shall there be any more after it, "'even the years of many generations. "'A fire devoured before them, "'and behind them a flame burneth, "'and the land in the garden of Eden before them, "'and behind them a desolated wilderness.' Yea, nothing shall escape them, and the appearance of them is as the appearance of horses, and as horsemen, so shall they run. Like the noise of chariots on top of mountains, they shall leap. Like the noise of a flame like fire devoured the stubble, as a strong people set in battle in array. Before their faces shall be much pain. All faces shall gather blackness. This is what I seen upon the faces of the people, total horror. They, They shall run like mighty men. They shall climb the walls like men of war. They shall march every one on his way. They shall not break their ranks. Neither shall one thrust another. They shall walk every one in his path. When they fall upon the sword, they shall not be wounded. They shall run to and fro in the city. They shall run upon the walls. They shall climb up upon the houses. They shall enter into the windows like a thief. And the earth shall quake before them. And the heavens shall tremble. And the sun and the moon shall be dark. And the stars shall not withdraw their shining. And the Lord shall utter his voice before his army. For his camp is very great, for he is strong that executeth his word. For the day of the Lord is great and very terrible. Who
0: can abide it? That's just one scripture. You want more? I'll tell you what I want to know is shortly after you had that open vision, I had an amazing dream from God. And in the dream, God spoke to me and he said three times. I'm coming back soon, I'm coming back soon, I'm coming back soon. Now, I have to tell you, I knew it was possible for him to come back soon, but I didn't really believe it was going to be so soon. Yes. Um, and between your open vision and what I heard, what has God called you to do with this vision
1: now? He told me, I charge you. He gave me a charge to warn all mankind that I'm coming, that I'm coming, that I'm coming. And Jesus said, I'm coming at an hour and at a time when man least expected. And if Jesus said he's coming at an hour and at a time when man least expected, it, said, it's going to be exactly that at an hour and at a time. One man least expected. Now, when you share
0: your vision uh, before people, uh, you tell me that people start wailing. And tell tell me what the reaction of people when they, they hear this with the presence of God and the force of God behind this vision. They start wailing and screaming. They start wailing
1: and screaming, and I didn't understand it at first. And I began to inquire of the Lord. I said, God, what's going on? Why is people wailing and screaming and men screaming like women? I said, I never seen nothing like big football players and just wailing and screaming, running to the other. He said, didn't you wail after you came out of the vision? And I said, oh, my Lord, yes, I did. I wailed in travail. I wailed, and for two hours, God had me praying for preachers all over the world, the proclaimers of the gospel of the good news. And as the people began to wail and scream, strong conviction came upon their hearts, strong conviction of repentance.
0: What is repentance? A change of mind and action. Most people don't even hear messages on repentance. They hear messages, and rightfully so, on the wonderful grace of God, and rightfully so. But they don't hear about rep- the John the Baptist message, repent of your sins. Yes. Why, why is that? That's a good question.
1: Even Jesus and John the Baptist came, repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And when they asked Peter and the rest of the apostles, what shall we do? He say, repent ye. Right now, number one, repentance, a change of mind and a change of action. If you don't repent, there's not, I mean, true repentance is a truly a change of mind and action. You go another way. See, let me show you a New Testament scripture about repentance and the day of the Lord. 2 Peter 3 and 8. But beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day with the Lord is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to us, us, us and willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with a fervent heat. The earth and
0: all the works therein shall be burnt up. The Bible says, He who wins souls is wise, The truth is, very few Christians do this. This is a New Year's resolution for you. I want you to take souls to heaven, and here's how you're going to do it. We have produced a package called Eyewitness, The Final Day on Earth. It's a CD by David Jones. An evangelist recently heard this message and, quote, this is what he said, It scared the hell out of me. I am selling out to the kingdom. And then five booklets of which I wrote a portion, and it's David Jones's vision in that, and I want you to give it to five people that need to know Jesus. And then my book that God himself told me to produce to reach Jewish people, they thought for themselves ten Jewish people that had encounters with Jesus, and then— For the Muslim that God has had cross your path, a former Muslim friend of mine produced a similar book for Muslims called Ten Amazing Muslims Touched by God. Even if you drop this in the mail to an unsaved Muslim or an unsaved Jew anonymously, I'm telling you, this is God's moment to have his mercy on planet Earth because he's coming back soon, available for a gift of $35. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. one 447 2697 David, God's given you a call. Tell me about that. Uh, when
1: I was 30 years old, uh, I remember sleeping. I was sleeping in my bed, and all of a sudden, I just woke up And I heard these words, go to the book of Ezekiel, the third chapter beginning at the 14th verse. And I looked at the clock and it was five o'clock and I said, "Uh uh-oh, God getting ready to speak to me. And I got my Bible and I opened up and it said, son of man, I have made you a watchman unto the house of Israel. When I say unto the wicked, thou shalt surely die, and thou givest him not warning, nor to warn him from his wicked way. And what's the purpose of the warning? To save his life. That same wicked man shall die in his sin, but his blood will I require at thy hand. That means I had a great responsibility to give people the truth whether I wanted to do it or not. I had to do it because I'm going to have to answer to God one day.
0: Give me two people that you shared the truth with and what happened with them.
1: Well, the call uh, to warn was on me even at an early age, at 11 years old, Sid. Uh, I remember my Uncle Fred. That was my buddy, my Uncle Fred. He was 28 years old, and I was 11. And I had my own bed, but I liked sleeping with my Uncle Fred. And and we would talk and just have great uh, uh, sessions and talking about all kind of things at night. But this one night, something was different. And so uh, I began to speak to Uncle Fred, and I said, Uncle Fred, and I'm a junior. Everybody called me junior. He said, yeah, June. I said, Grandma said, the Bible says, except a man be born again, Jesus said he won't even see the kingdom of heaven, but he'll die and go to hell and burn in the lake of fire and brimstone. And his response was, when you got to go, you got to go. See it, the next week, not 10 years later, the next week, God didn't allow me to sleep with Uncle Fred. I slept across from Uncle Fred, and I heard my grandma at the bottom of stairs calling him about 7 o'clock in the morning saying, Fred, 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 get up, Fred. You got to go to work. And I got up and I cut the light on and I looked over. And he was 28, but he had, he drank beer. So he had a little beer gutting. And I, I was kind of half sleeping. I was looking. I said, it don't look like Uncle Fred's stomach going up and down. I ain't think nothing of it. I went and got in bed with him, grabbed his arms, started shaking his belly. I was like, hmm, Uncle Fred, is cold. He must not sleep under no cover. And I was shaking, and my grandma got to the top of the stairs. She said, June, can you get him up? She said, Lord, have mercy. I was like, what? She said, I think Fred did, and I dropped his arms. Sid, he had one week to set his house in order. He will have no excuse on that day. Well, Lord, when did I hear about you? And he would say, remember the lad? He was telling you, you must be born again. Another time I was preaching, ministering on a Wednesday service, and I was just ministering the word, and all of a sudden I never had this happen to me before. I stopped, and I said, there's someone in this church. This is your last call from God. The Lord is calling you tonight. This is your last call. After this night, the Lord will not ever come to you ever again. Answer the call of God. All of a sudden, a beautiful Spanish lady, young girl, about 17, in the back of the church, real long hair, jumped up, weeping and crying, running to the altar, said, Oh, my God, it's me. It's me. I'm a backslider. I want to come home. I want to come home. And she rededicated her life. That was on a Wednesday night. Two days later, she was killed in a car accident. The Bible said the day you hear my voice, harden not your heart. Sid, listen. God spoke to me, said, I'm telling you to warn them for me because it's my love reaching out to all mankind. I'm giving them warning, and I'm loving them by giving them the warning. It's my mercy that's reaching out to them. It's my compassion that's reaching out to them through
0: the warning. What about someone that's listening to us right now that is involved in sin, but they say everyone does it it's okay, God's a God of love, what would you say to them? But he's a God of justice, and he's a God
1: of judgment. The Lord is holy, and he said in his word, be ye holy, for I am holy. Hebrews twelve fourteen says, follow peace with all men, holiness without which no man shall see the Lord. The Lord means what he says, and he says what he means. The the scripture cannot be altered, neither can it be broken. He said,
0: blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. What about people that are living for God on Sunday, but the rest of the week they live like everyone else?
1: Sometimes they've been bewitched in their own thoughts, in their own mind. The Bible says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. God is a merciful God and a compassionate God. But Sid, there is a line that I cannot cross with God. There is a line that you cannot cross, and that's the line of no return. And if they keep going on, the Lord will have to judge them on it sooner
0: or later. How soon could this whole vision you saw, the return of Jesus, the day of the Lord, the day of, his, uh, of the pouring out of his judgment. How soon could that be? It could
1: happen like now because it came so swiftly. It came so suddenly upon all humanity and it caught everyone off guard. Why? Because Jesus said, I'm coming at an hour and at a time when man least expected. I know we got great revelation teachers, and they comparing Scripture with Scripture, but in the vision, everyone was
0: caught off guard. David, tell me about the time you were driving in Atlanta, and you thought the Lord said to you to pick up a woman, uh, but you kind of shrugged it off. You didn't want to do it. Sid, can I be
1: honest? I knew I heard from God. I'm going to tell the truth on myself. I didn't want to be bothered with the lady. I didn't want to stop. I'm just telling the truth. I'm honest. I'm the kind of preacher I show you why I miss God. I miss God. The lady was walking up the hill, a steep hill, and she had groceries in her hand. And I'm driving my car, getting close, and the Lord said, pick her up. And I'm I'm being honest. I said, I'm not picking that lady up. I don't even know that lady. And I passed the lady by, and the Lord came to me again with authority and said, pick her up. I said, oh, God, forgive me, Lord. I'll pick her up. And I start praying. And I, I turned the car around, started going back up the hill. And I say, Lord, give me something to say to this lady. I don't want to start freaking out on me. I know she don't know me. And as I was getting closer to her, she was looking at me out of the corner of her eye like, what, like, what is he doing? And I rolled down the window, and I, and I say, ma'am, I'm going to the top of the hill. I say, I can give you a ride. She said, I don't ride with strangers. And then see it, all of a sudden, God just started ministering through me. I say, ma'am. Understand these are the last days and these are the last times and you have to be so careful. But the Lord knows you're going in and you're coming out. There's nothing hid from the Lord. She said, I believe I'll take that ride. She got right in the car. See it. I got right to the point. I say, ma'am, anybody can quit. But it take a real man, a real woman to keep going. She said, oh, my God, the Lord must have sent you to me. I said, why you say that? She said, I don't wreck my car. That's why I'm walking now. I don't lost my job. I'm starting to do crack cocaine. I got this big lump on my breast. I'm thinking about killing myself. I say, ma'am, if you kill yourself, the devil will turn a flip. That's all he wants you to do. I say, but where there's life, there's hope. And when I said it, said, I heard God for myself, and I began to almost break down and cry because I heard God. When I said, where there's life, there's hope. And she began to just weep and cry. And then, said, I led her to the Lord. And when I led her to the Lord, I dropped her off at her place. And I got ready to drive, and I couldn't drive because I began to break. Now, my dad, he was a fighter, and he always taught me to be strong and don't be a crybaby. And so I, I held back to tears. But now, for the first time in my life, I'm getting ready to weep. Tears is coming out of my eyes. And I said, I'm crying. And I was crying because I was ashamed of myself. I was ashamed how I didn't want to be bothered with this lady. I didn't want to take time out with this woman. And the lady told me that she was going to commit suicide. And I began to repent to God. And I said, Lord, i make a vow to you this day. Whoever you send me, oh, Lord, I'll go. Whoever you tell me to say, oh, King, I'll say what thus say the Lord God, whether I will know them or not. And see it from that very day, God starts sending me the businessmen, the pastors, the bishops, the Uh, uh, owners of companies, to movie producers, to doctors, to lawyers, to nurses. God starts sending me to people. And when he sent me, he would give me a word for them. And every time I would get there to them, I would know I've been sent by God to them. And ever since that day, I made a vow, wherever God sent
0: me, I would go. David, there are people listening to us right now that must get right with God. How will they? Jesus says, whosoever
1: will. Let him come unto me, and I will in no wise cast him out. I don't care what you're doing. I don't care what you have done. You might have been on drugs and alcohol. You might be suicidal right now. God loves you with an everlasting love. And he says in his word, he wished that none should perish, but all come to repentance. He loved you before the foundations of the world. He said, come unto me, all ye heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Aren't you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Jesus is your answer. Come unto me, all you heavy laden, and I will give you rest. My yoke is easy and my burden is a light, and you will find rest unto your souls. The word of God says that we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. This is a promise. Thou shall be saved. Right now, just confess with your mouth. Just begin to repent right now. Say, Lord. I repent of all my trespasses and sin. God, come into my life. Forgive me, Lord. Wash me. Make me clean. Come into my life. Be my Lord and my Savior. Direct my footsteps in everything I say and do, Lord. I give you my life. Cleanse me, Lord. I say yes to your will, and I say yes to your way. And from this day forward, I will serve you all the days of my life, and I will be a witness for you wherever I go in the land.
0: I had a dream, and in the dream, I was told three times, Jesus is coming back soon. He said, I'm coming back soon. I'm coming back soon. Three times, I'm coming back soon. And I have to tell you, I wasn't even thinking about that. I mean, I'm kind of like in the Bible, which, which talks about we're going about our regular business, and then all of a sudden he's there. I mean, I thought maybe a couple hundred years, maybe 50 years, but that's not what he said to me. He said, I'm coming back soon. And, you know, you, you would have to be dead not to realize that everything on planet Earth is speeding up. I mean, just take a few things and and look at the prophecies of what to look for. It'll be like the days of Noah, the Bible says. Uh, The acceptability in my lifetime of homosexuality as being acceptable and taught in schools beyond my imagination. Now, I have to tell you, God sent his son to die for those that are homosexual, but... The definition of marriage in our country is beyond the pale of what's going on as normal. The proliferation of pornography. So many people are being addicted right now. Well, there are demonic spirits behind them, end-time demonic spirits. The proliferation of nuclear weapons. Look what's going on in Iran In North Korea, I mean, these are lunatics, and we're letting them develop their atomic weapons, and we know what they're going to use it for. Uh, The Bible says lawlessness shall increase. And look what we're seeing with the drug traffic, with the sex trade, even using young children. Unbelievable how—but it's happening so quickly. It's not like the boiling frog under a slow boil. It's a rapid boil that's going on right now. But the Bible says there is one sign that has not occurred that is going to release the judgment of God on planet Earth. And that sign is found in Joel chapter 3, verse 1 to 3. For behold, in those days and at that time, when I bring back the captives of Judah and Jerusalem, well, that means Israel must be a nation. That means the Jewish people must be in the land of Israel. Have you looked? You can't read a newspaper today without seeing something about Israel, something about Jerusalem. We're back. That's what Joel says. Look for that as a sign. He says, and that when that occurs, I'll gather all nations, and I will enter into judgment with them there on account of, and get this, God calls the Jewish people in the land of Israel, my people, my heritage Israel. (laughs) I'm reminded of Zechariah in the Living Bible. It says, he that touches Israel is the same as someone that pokes their finger in God's eye. And it says, whom they have scattered, the people have nations, uh, they've been scattered to the nations of the earth. It says, whom they have scattered among the nations. And here's the sign. They have also divided up my land. So what is the sign that will bring the release of God's judgment? Dividing up the land of Israel. Now, Jesus said to watch the fig tree. The fig tree is a type of Israel. Listen to this. Luke 21, verse 29 to 32. Then he, that's Jesus, spoke to them a parable. Look at the fig tree, Israel, and all the trees, the other nations. When they are already budding, when Israel is a modern-day Jewish nation, you see, and know for yourselves that summer is now near. So you also, when you see these things happening, know that the kingdom of God is near. Assuredly, this is Jesus speaking to you right now. I say to you, this generation, what generation? The generation that saw the fig tree blossom. What's the fig tree? Israel. What is blossom? That means the Jews are returning to the nation, it's a Jewish nation. We are told that assuredly, I say to you, this generation will by no means pass till all things take place. And then in Luke 21, verse 34 and 35, But take heed to yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and the cares of this life. And that day comes on you unexpectedly, for it will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. And Jesus said, just before he comes, there is going to be a removal of spiritual scales on the eyes of Jewish people. In fact, he act, th- these are his words in Matthew twenty three thirty nine: You shall see me no more till you, that's the Jewish people, say, Baruch haba b'shem Adonai, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. I found this unbelievable. I got a copy of The Times of Israel as electronic secular publication newspaper in Israel, dated november twentieth, twenty thirteen. This is the headline of a secular newspaper coming from Israel. Quote, has the time come to accept messianic Jews? And then it cites the Pew Survey, quote. Pew says 34% of Americans think you can be Jewish and believe in Jesus. So why doesn't the established Jewish community embrace them? I mean, I never thought I'd see this from a traditional Jewish newspaper. You see, this is groundwork that is about ready to happen for the greatest revival the world has ever seen. And what is the greatest revival? It's found in Amos, the ninth chapter, 11 through 13. On that day, I will raise up the tabernacle of David. The word tabernacle in Hebrew means house or family. So God is saying on that day, I'm going to raise up the tabernacle of David, the family of David, which has fallen. And they may possess the remnant of Edom and all of the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord who does this thing. So somehow the Jewish people are going to reach multitudes of Gentiles when they become believers in Jesus. And then it describes a revival like the world has never seen. The harvest is so great, Amos says, you won't be able to get all the fruit till it's next year's time to to have a harvest. Uh, th- there'll be more people saved than churches will be able to hold them. And this is explaining to you the great mystery that Paul explains to us in Ephesians, the second chapter, verse 14 and 15 and 22. It's talking about Jesus. He has broken down the middle wall of separation so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace. You know the Hebrew word for peace? Shalom. It means completeness. As if to say, if the two do not become one, he's talking about Jew and Gentile, the presence of God won't have a complete resting place, But if the two become one, verse 22 says, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. When? When the middle wall of separation comes down and the two, Jew and Gentile, become one. Now you can understand the prodigal son parable. The older son, he represents the Gentile Christian working hard in the vineyard for his father who is well-pleased with him. The younger son rejected his inheritance, wasteful living, wasteful spending, wine, women, and song, bankrupt, and then he comes to his senses. And in Luke chapter 15, it says, you know, he's, he, he's feeding the pigs, and he says, the, the pigs are eating better than I am, but I know what I'm going to do. It says, he arose, And came to his father. But when he was still a great way off. His father saw him. And had compassion. And ran. And fell on his neck. This is the Jewish person coming home to Jesus. The younger son. And he kissed him. And the son said to him. Father I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. And am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants. Bring out the best robe. And put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. I wish I had more time to explain this, but that's why we produced a booklet that is so amazing. It's got David Jones' vision of the day of the Lord in detail. The booklet is four by six in size, 48 pages, and it's got, it's so, I mean, so compelling For people to come to know the Lord, I've written a portion of it. And I believe as you give this to people, they will either sell out to Jesus or come to know him for the first time. I want to send you five copies of the booklet, Eyewitness. The final day on earth. And David Jones' special CD that was produced called They Thought They Had More Time. I mean, this will shake people in the reality that Jesus is coming back soon. And then one copy of my book, They Thought for Themselves, for the Jewish person, God Has Had Cross Your Path, and one copy of a book called Ten Amazing Muslims Touched by God. We're going to make that whole package. New Year's, it's time for you to reach the unsaved because he's coming back soon. Available for a gift of $35. To hear this week's interview or watch archives of our television show, It's Supernatural, visit our website at www.sidroth.org. That's www.sidroth.org. Org To receive a complimentary copy of our bi-monthly teaching newsletter, materials catalog, or information about becoming Mishpochah or Chalitzim, write to me, Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. To place a credit card order, call anytime, 1-800-447-2697. For all other calls... The number is 704-943-6500. That's 704-943-6500. For a CD of this week's broadcast, send a donation to Sid Roth. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278.